Sammy. And I'm Mandy. And you're listening to Ice Scream Sunday, the podcast where we talk about whatever we want under the guise of horror movies. Yes. It's been a nice yeah. little break. I know. I know. It's been a while since we've all spoke with you. Uh, I hope you're doing well. And of course, uh, for loyal listeners of um, Roast Plate Special, we also have a month hiatus uh, before The Bachelorette starts. So you're you're going to have like, you know, you had a bit of a dry spell with us. Now you're going to have a bit of a dry spell with The Bachelor. But don't worry. We're here for you. Yes. And we're going to take you through the horror movies that we know and love. You guys should just switch to Selling Sunset while you wait. Oh, we should. We should talk about Selling Sunset. Um, I'm reading Bachelor Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh which is a book written by a journalist about, like, the goings-on of The Bachelor. And so I said that I would – within the next month, I'm going to try to finish it and do, like, a book review. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I did one on – I did one on one of the – one of the former Bachelorettes. Uh, (laughs) She she wrote a book – um, she's written two books now, and apparently her third one's coming out, but I've only read the first one. So I did a review on her book, and I have another one that I want to do a review on after Bachelor Nation. And then I also bought uh, clothing from a Bachelor contestant who has her own boutique. Oh. Yeah, you so were telling got- me about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I sent you the link for that jacket. Yeah, she's – yeah, apparently it's coming in like a few days and I'm really excited. I'm so excited. You need to show like, me what you look like in it. I will. Yeah, but it's like, you know, bonus content. Like that stuff is just like bonus content really. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to fill it, but but we're, we're diving in on this podcast uh, with – our, I mean, did we call this like our mockumentary pairing, I guess? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just really, I really just always want an excuse to watch this movie because mm-hmm. I'll get in moods where I need to watch it. <laughs> I, I can, I can respect that. Yeah. Like, I'll just be like, I really am just kind of dying to watch this movie again. Cause I just, I don't know. I'm a big, um, Christopher Guest fan. Mm-hmm. And and just I really enjoy mockumentaries in general. I think when they're done well, they can be so genius. So um, I was excited to watch what we do in the shadows uh, again for a more official reason. And my boyfriend had also not seen it. And I knew it was like a good one to share with him because it's not like, you know, if I get too scary with it with him, it's just not going to work. I think if I watch something scary and classic, he would probably watch it with me, but it's it's a hard sell. So yeah. I was like, this isn't scary. Yeah. <laughs> I see like that there's this pattern with um the picks we've had on this show in that um he's not seen at most of them. 
And it makes me feel like I want to, I feel like I really want to know his thoughts. And we really should like give him his own little corner or you should read a prepared statement from now on. Chris's corner, we'll call it. And it'll be, um, (laughs) yeah. So, well, I mean, I know his, I mean, I did talk to him afterwards about his thoughts because I, and this was like one of those movies, there's like, and I'm sure you have this too. I don't know. I get very emotionally attached to my favorite movies Yeah, and I'll get like personally (laughs) offended. If someone doesn't like one of my favorite movies, I feel like they're saying they don't love me enough, and that's a problem, Um, but that's just how I feel, and so I was like, oh my god, like, so we just finished watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend together. We made it through the whole series together, Mm -hmm. Um, and I had seen most of the show, but I, I missed like the second half of the fourth season. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, well I want to finish it finally. And I want you to see this show because it's like me in show form and, uh, it's important for you to understand who I am. So I was like, if he doesn't like this show, I'm going to be devastated. (laughs) Uh, and he really liked it. And he was, you know, like sometimes he was like, uh, you know, but he was like very invested at the end. Like he was just like, what's going to happen? And he, he (laughs) texted me, like I was upstairs, um, streaming and I was like wrapping up and I like texted him, you know, and he was downstairs and I was like, Hey, I'm almost done. And he's like, Hey, do you want to watch crazy ex-girlfriend when you're done so that we can find out what happens? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, I just really want to know. It's like Bachelorette style. I just want to know what happens. And I was like, oh, you're like speaking my language in two <laughs> different ways right now. And it feels really good. Yeah. So this was like that in movie form for sure. And yeah, he hasn't, I mean, he just hasn't seen that many movies. Um, we actually have like a running list of the movies that we've seen together mm-hmm. that every time we watch one, we add it. And it's getting pretty full, which is cool. But before me, you know, he'll make the joke like I've seen six movies in my life or like I don't watch movies. And I'm like, I don't think you can say that anymore. Looking at this list. And like if you're with me, you're going to watch movies like there's just no two ways around it. And um, so it's it's kind of fun because almost everything is new. And I can't remember. There was some movie where I was like, have you seen this? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, really? And I was like, super impressed. I was like, you saw this movie? Like, because he just hasn't seen any movies. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I see some movies. Okay. Like I get out there and I was like, okay. Like I'm trying to remember it was like what it was, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, like I got to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous with him for the <gasps> for, like first first How time. Special. Yeah, like that was really cool. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other big ones. Mean Girls he had never mm-hmm. seen. Um, but the two of us both love Spinal Tap, and we always call that like the the center of our Venn diagram. Like mm-hmm. he's like the reason we're together is because we both like Spinal Tap. That is and that's, so romantic. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, that's like the perfect description because that movie is a is the perfect combination of the things we both like, mm-hmm. you know, because I spent all my time obsessing over the actors and the way the movie was put together and everything that came after that and, you know, all of that stuff and just how great Rob Reiner is and like, you know, all of that. And 
he looks at it and is like, um, you know, he's a metal, like hair metal guy. And so it's like, this is perfect. This like played out hair metal band, you know, and mm-hmm. where they, and he's like, that's so great. Um, so that was kind of, you know, for me, it was, I wasn't too worried. I figured he would like what we do in the shadows. And we had, I had him watch Thor Ragnarok too. He hadn't seen that. And I was like, okay, remember Thor Ragnarok? Well, the guy who directed that also directed What We Do in the Shadows. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, and it's a mockumentary. So it's like a Christopher Guest movie or Spinal Tap. And he was like, oh, okay. And so I was like. It's very Christopher Guest-like. Yeah, totally. And so I was like, I think you're going to like it. I'm not too worried. And there was that one special feature on Thor Ragnarok where he did that kind of filming with like Jeff Goldblum. Did, yeah. did you watch that? Yeah. No. So so I was like, you gotta I was like, it's like that where he like was interviewing him and they were doing a Guffman, you know? Uh-huh. And I was like, you'll you that's what this movie is. Is <laughs> just that. And he was like, oh okay. Um so he he really enjoyed it. He thought it was really funny and uh really interesting. And I don't know if I have any other like specific takeaways from him, but he definitely liked it and laughed a lot. And the one thing that I think it'll pave the way for is getting him to try Flight of the Concords again, too. Okay. Because he he was kind of like, I don't know. I don't think it's my kind of show. Oh. And that's like another thing where I was like, Ugh. like did but- you did you lead with the Bowie episode? Because um I think I think if I remember correctly, when I was dating my husband, he was like, I don't think Flight of the Concords is my thing. And I'm like, hold on now. And I led with the Bowie episode instead of leading with the first episode. So he had seen it on his own okay. before we dated. Um, so I don't know what he's seen. He's just kind of says vaguely, like, I've seen some episodes mm-hmm. and I just don't know if they're my thing. Okay. And but he really enjoyed Jemaine and he really enjoyed Reese Darby. Yeah. And I was like, listen, there's a really close association between this show and Flight of the Concords. There's like this weird New Zealand entertainment conglomeration. Yeah. <laughs> that isn't Lord of the Rings. That's all this stuff. So you should like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, and I, I used to write a blog. My first like paid writing gig, um, I had two blogs for a Canadian blogging company. Oh wow. I was 19 years old. Look at you. I was writing six posts a week. And for each blog, I was getting paid $50 a month. And I was Ooh. like, I'm rich. Because <laughs> I was 19. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, you're going to pay me to do this? That's crazy. Um, So I, I had one. You can't find it on the internet anymore. And I'm sad I didn't save the posts. Um, I wasn't smart then. I just kind of thought it would be there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't profitable because I was writing about Flight of the Concords six times a week for an entire year. What can you say about it that is that long? Um, but I had a website called concordcrazy.com. Oh I'm my. sure there's 
nothing there anymore. Um, I have, now I'm like Googling because I haven't looked in a while. Um, but it was, yeah, there was like this, oh yeah, it's totally, there's nothing there. Um, but I wrote about Flight of the Concords. I, I think by the end of the year, we were making like $200 a month per blog, which is like better, but still you're writing six posts a week. Like that's a lot. Um, but all the celebrity gossip sites were getting all the traffic. So they like axed a bunch of us. Um, even though I was like actually interviewing bands for my other one, I like, inter- I interviewed like a few bands, um, and I highlighted a different band every week for like two years. Anyway, um, <laughs> that has nothing to do with t- this podcast today, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, so Flight of the Concords is also like a very big part of like my evolution into like blogging and writing and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, and I've seen them live a couple times and they're just so excellent. I'm like, you really, you really got to just kind of ease into the show a little bit and get used to the pace of it and mm-hmm. the, you know, the way it, stuff's delivered. And then I think it starts hitting you right Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, lead with the Bowie episode. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing the Bowie episode first. That's a that's a really good one. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm not Jermaine. I'm David Bowie. Bowie. <laughs> 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 you just look like Jermaine. Um so anyway, but we're talking about what we do in the shadows. And um yeah, I think you know, one thing I really like about about this movie is the way that it's just shot and put together. And I don't I didn't look up the budget, but I what have I the like wiki ab- page. Okay, perfect. Tell me what the budget was. The budget. Zoom. Um I'm not finding it. I know that it grossed two million dollars in New Zealand and three point four million in the US. That's so sad. I um, know. <laughs> But you know what's really awesome? They still made money because they had a $1.6 million budget. That's it. That's tiny. That is a tiny um, budget. And it was only a limited release. They didn't do mm-hmm. a wide release. Right. So what I'm seeing too on like Google on the side is that the box office was $7 million. So they definitely still turned a profit, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And it's just, uh, it's just such a great movie and – like, I mean, it's it's great to see everything that's come since. But, yeah, yeah it was definitely underrated in its time. Um, it was one of New Zealand's most heavily pirated films. That's so great. Oh, that's great. That <laughs> 277,000 really downloads. Wow. Oh, that's so good. That makes me so happy because <laughs> because Taika Waititi is fine. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's fine now. Um, <laughs> he's He's got you know, money and he'll make more money and it's fine. Yes. So pirate away. I mean, that's the way you make someone like that big. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that's so cool. Oh, that makes me so happy that it was so, um, pirated. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so what I like about it is, I mean, you can tell that it's made with a small budget, but some of the special effects that they throw in there are like so perfect that, and they just feel so like, seamless in the in the universe where it doesn't look hacky so like th- i think they spent their money in the right places in the right places yeah 
yeah, with like the the rotating room, so it looks like they're floating. Uh-huh. Um, and the you know when they turn into a bats and Jemaine's you know, like, uh, face on a cat. Yeah, Jemaine's face <laughs> on a cat. It's really funny. Or that room, you know, like when they open up the room and he's like surrounded by women and yeah, um, yeah, like the. Uh, the really gratuitous, like vomiting blood, like mm-hmm. all of that stuff, or and the werewolf transformations actually look really good yes. too. Yes. So if you think about like all of the special effects they actually threw into the movie, and you and you think that it's like a one point six, you know, million dollar budget, it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Like that. I don't know that I really appreciate. Um. To see what someone can do with a small budget mm-hmm. is just like really exciting. And um, just for comparison, Thor Ragnarok's budget was one hundred and eighty million. <laughs> they let um, Taika Waititi play with a lot more money nowadays, and I have a lot of respect for that. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's what I think is really cool. You know, it's like um, I I had that same commentary looking at. Um, you know, Mad Max Fury Road, where it was like, well, what do you want to do with $150 million? You know, I was like, I want to do this movie, but I want to do it my way. And I don't want to be limited by budget. And I want to do whatever the hell I want. And they're like, okay. And then they made an awesome Mad Max movie. They really did. Yeah. It's like, see, look at you let his imagination run wild, even though he did Babe Pig in the City. And that is faith. I mean, he's paid his dues in so many other ways. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's he's allowed, like, I have a lot of complaints about how, like, male directors are allowed to fail upwards repeatedly, but I feel like I can forgive George Miller for Babe Pig in the City. No, yeah. George (laughs) Miller's definitely a grinder. I'm totally kidding. Yeah. (laughs) But I just think it's, I, I just always think that's funny because it's like, you look at Scorsese and he did a kid's movie, but it was like, so, um, like what it was called Hugo, right? I was like yeah. just thinking about it the other the other day. Um, and that movie is so beautiful, mm-hmm. and it was like so praised. And like Babe was such a great movie. Like the first Babe is a really great movie, mm-hmm. but the second movie, <laughs> it's just like you know you just don't you don't want to be like a major director on a sequel unless it's like a Marvel movie. Yeah. So it's just hard. Um. But anyway, when what was the now I'm thinking about now I'm just thinking about budgets um and what it was for like Jojo Rabbit. Um I wonder. I mean it must have been smaller, but um it was oh I don't see it. I see the box office though, but not the budget. Um anyway, yeah, it's so great. It's so great to see somebody um who made something so awesome on like in Hollywood's terms, a shoestring, yeah. and then and then gets to do these really big movies. Oh, yeah. Jojo Rabbit's budget was fourteen million. million. Yep, we're looking yeah. at the same thing. Yeah, and, and Hunt for the Wilder People two point five million. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> I don't want to get too bogged down with that stuff, but I find I mean I, as our listeners, I hope you're all very interested in budgets. Because yes. It really interests me to see what people do with what what they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I really like I really liked the way that they established everything. I liked that initial like right out the gate they start with a like a very low key special effect and just like you know 
um, levitating <laughs> to to wake up and um, and it's like very quiet. And at first it seems super creepy. And then as soon as he talks, you're like, this is like the sweetest vampire. Yes. <laughs> we could have ever been introduced to. But should we go into the summary? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to go there? Um, I can go there this time. Okay. I, like you, I did not have notes prepared, but I was like, we we know enough about this. Yeah. We'll, we'll get through it together. <laughs> so um what we do in the shadows is a mockumentary following four vampire roommates, Viago, Vladislav, Deacon, and Peter. And they live in uh Wellington in New Zealand. Um so hold on one second. I'm so bad at summarizing. So I, also like, ah. the interesting thing about the four vampires is they all came from very different time yeah. periods. Mm-hmm. So so they've got very different perspectives on like style yeah. and also what a vampire should be like. And yeah. some of that was influenced by like what they were around or yeah. who bit them. <laughs> Viago's very um hmm I would say fancy. Yeah, like, they call him a dandy. He's very much a dandy, so he'd be like, I guess um his counterpart would be um Louis from Interview with the Vampire, I guess. Like he's very gentle, <laughs> very sweet. And um Vladislav's a bit older. And he's, I feel like he's definitely channeling Armand from Interview with the Vampire. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Deacon is, I feel like, the punk rock kind of vampire a little bit. Yeah, that's what they call, they said, like, he was the bad boy of the group. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's very rough, like a, almost like a a barbarian-esque type. And he. Yeah, he was the youngest in the group, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he was like he was like classic like Transylvania type of thing where he was like selling his wares. Yeah. And got bitten. And he got bitten by um Oh my gosh, what's the name of the vampire in the basement? Peter. Peter. Yeah. He got bitten by Peter. And Peter's very 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 ancient. Yeah. He doesn't speak. He's he very much um has the Max Shrek classic uh silent film vampire thing going on with the pointed features and like oh, he almost looks like an animal. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, he he doesn't really interact with a lot of what else is going on in the house. He stays in the basement. Mm-hmm. He's uh, you know, blocked off by a much you know, sturdier door. It's not like he just has a room. He's like behind stone. Um, He gets fed, you know, animals and and whatnot and bones and (laughs) like gets fed chicken and whatever. Um, So, so yeah, but then, but then sometimes he will like kind of interact like on his better days, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe after he gets fed, he'll like interact in one of the interviews he did at least Mm -hmm. um, and sat next, you know, and sat next to people and uh, sat next to Deacon and like talked to him. Um, And Deacon has um, a familiar named Jackie and it's like very much kind of like a Renfield 
kind of thing where you can very much tell he's never going to turn her into a vampire, but he dangles that carrot in front of her. And she's like, she's got like her own family, like she's married and everything, but like her, the biggest part of her like personality is like, she's just super devoted to Deacon and waiting on, um, his decision to make her into a vampire, which like spoiler alert, isn't really going to be forthcoming. Right. So she's, so she's really desperate for that. And, and he totally uses that. Like he has her do all of, his chores and like mows the lawn and stuff. And yeah, meanwhile, she is totally ignoring her family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then, um, and then we also know that uh, Vladislav has, um, he, he is being haunted. So mm-hmm. he was like a real badass and like probably like one of the scariest ones of the bunch. Um, and oh yeah, he tortured people by poking them. He used yes, to be called Vladislav love love the poker. poker. <laughs> but we know that he um he's being haunted by the beast. And beast, um yes. yeah, that he just kind of hasn't been the same since the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um that's kind of what we know, you know, right at the beginning. And you just kind of they they start talking about where they go and what they do and 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 they they lay out kind of early on the rules like obviously mm-hmm. they they wake up at night like vampires do they can't go in somewhere unless they're invited in so they they go out clubbing and they mostly go to a club in Wellington where that like a vampire owns uh-huh. uh so they can go there um and then you know they they look they look for virgins, uh, but I mean they kind of like take what they can get too. Yes, I think. <laughs> and uh, one of the people and Jackie's kind of responsible for like she also goes out and tries to find virgins, and she brings two people. She brings like a woman who is like mean to her at her children's yeah. school, and she brings um her ex boyfriend, uh, Nick, and yeah. um. They go to a party and the woman's killed uh, and then Nick is attacked uh, by Peter. He's like, there's this big chase scene where you get the hilarious like visual <laughs> of um, of of Vladislav's uh, like ability to like turn into animals. So you see like his face on a cat. <laughs> like it's all like very quick. And then it ends with him being um, killed by Peter or not killed by Peter, turned by Peter. And so then he right. gets accepted into the group, and um, and he, yeah, he he becomes the vampire. And before they they do show some like of the some of the things that they do, like they can obviously do some level of mind control, yeah, um, to the people who are in the house. Um, so when they were eating spaghetti, they were like, oh. Well, it's worms. Yeah. And then they get all upset, you know, like, why are you eating worms? And then I didn't he also say, like, your dick is a snake. And yeah. like <laughs> Yeah. So it's like they kind of, you know, mess with them a little bit or or seduce them or lull them into a false sense of security. But it's not just like the traditional Dracula 
romantic stuff all the time. I mean, I would say um, with like Viago, it's like that most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he was like, I want it to be, you know, sweet and romantic. And he'll like play, you know, violin and stuff or whatever, or whatever, you know, I don't remember what instrument he plays, but he, I think he plays a couple different instruments, but yeah. he's like playing music for them and he'll like dim the lights for them. And then, and then he puts out towels because he really believes in cleanliness and he doesn't want to see blood on all of the furniture. He doesn't mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he's just, his philosophy is like, why not make their last moments as pleasant as possible? Cause it really is just an unpleasant you know, type, type of a thing. Uh, but, but the other, you know, vampires have different techniques as well. And, and they, you see them liking to mess with people, uh, just to, you know, as part of mind control and not just like simple seduction. Um, but yeah, so, so I was kind of that wasn't, wasn't the accident, wasn't it an accident that Nick survived? I mean, they weren't intending to turn him into a vampire. Uh, I, I don't think it was an intentional. No. Yeah. Something it happened was Peter, with Peter. Yeah. yeah. Peter had something to do with that. So probably just like didn't fully die. And so yeah. then he turned. I mean, that's a kind of the way that I that I saw it. Um, so then we get, you know, a really young vampire. Oh, because yes. Our youngest was 183. So <laughs> so to have, you know, a brand spanking new vampire getting used to mm-hmm. all of the things that vampires need to know about and what they can do, um, you know, built into like a cocky 20 something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who wants was- to tell everyone he's a vampire? Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like he he definitely uh yeah, doesn't shut up about it. He's like really boastful about it. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go out clubbing and tell people that he's a vampire. And I think that really was his way of coping with it because at the end of the day, it's not like a pleasant thing no. to be a vampire. You're watching everybody you love die. You're outliving everyone. You have to like trick people into trusting you. Like it's mm-hmm. it's depressing. Um, so he's he's kind of overcompensating by being like, well, check me out. You know, I'm a yeah. vampire. And I think he also really did want to be accepted by um the men in the house. Yeah. But but the funny thing that happens is he brings his friend Stu around, who's just like a normal dude. He's a computer analyst. Mm-hmm. He's uh, got very uh, flushed cheeks. <laughs> He's like very pink, yeah. like perfect for vampires to eat, I guess. Um, and they just love Stu. They really they love like Stu. Fall in love with him. It's so great, and it's it's great, but also kind of sad to see like how much they prefer Stu to Nick. Oh yeah, well, and I don't blame them. Stu's yeah. so he's so sweet. He's just like a sweet guy, and so you know, they're like they do like a great you know montage like. Uh, vampires learning new technology mm-hmm. <laughs> and he he must be very saint like because they kind of show him like patiently in like the montage like explaining technology to them and like imagine like how far back you have to go to even explain technology to like the youngest va- the second youngest vampire now right and then think about like the times that you've had to explain technology to an old person 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel really lucky that my parents like mostly get it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy. Like I really don't have to do too much. Um, but I mean, I won't name whose parents ask a lot of questions. I'll just say it's not my parents. It's not your parents. You, you can figure it out from context. Do they live with you? Does, does, the par- does the person whose parents ask a lot of questions, do they live? Does he that, that person live with you? They might live with me. Is it, um, is it Walter? It's, yeah, it's Walter. <laughs> I ask him too many questions about technology. And he's like, Mom, Walter's my dog, for those of you who don't know. Um yeah, so so someone's parents who shall not be named, uh, they call all the time. They do that thing that like people do uh, to you know mechanics, where yeah. they'll be like, "My phone is making this sound. <laughs> what is that sound? Yeah, what is that?" And it's like I don't work for a phone company. Uh-oh. Like I don't know why you think I know. Or yeah, like um. I was tasked one time when I went to this person's house, uh, I was once tasked with trying to connect a printer that was at least 10 years old to a brand new iPad. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, it's not going to work. It's it's too old. It's not compatible. Like mm-hmm. it, you couldn't do cloud print with it. And you can't like hook something up to an iPad to print unless it's yeah. like cloud print compatible. And I had to explain like we and and then and then this person's uh, offspring said, you need to stop accepting free printers. You just need to stop doing that. <laughs> um, Nick- <laughs> printers cost a hundred dollars. <laughs> just go buy them. Nick, my husband, was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And the wrong time was um his dad getting his first smartphone. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> and so it was like his dad, who insists on reading the entire manual of everything always, no. but also just kind of latching Nick to his side and not letting him leave until he understood his new smartphone. <laughs> oh, see, I feel lucky because my mom was like very resistant to get a smartphone. And I was like, it's easy. It's really easy. Um, it's easier than the phone you have. This was a long time ago. She's had a smartphone for a long time now. Yeah. Um, and she was like, am I going to figure it out? I don't know. And I was, and my dad and I just kept being like, cause my dad's pretty on the ball. He taught me a lot about computers when I was a kid. Like, nice. and he, he's like built parts of computers and his cousin builds computers from scratch and stuff. So like we were, we were always a fairly tech savvy family and like, yeah. I had my first computer when I was three. So I was like very lucky um, because uh, my dad considered it a priority for me to learn how to use a computer from a very, very early age. I mean, you know, that was like 1991 we're talking. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time to have like a personal computer in the house, let alone we had multiple. Like I had my own computer, which is just really weird. I mean, I'm sure it was a (laughs) hand-me-down. Like my dad bought a new computer and then he's like, you can have my old one, you know, but I was still very exciting. Um, and so he, he pretty much gets it. He doesn't have that many questions and he can usually figure stuff out. Um, but, but yeah, I remember there was like a lot of resistance from my mom. She's just like, I don't think I'm tech savvy enough to figure this out. And then as soon as she got it, she was like, oh my God, this is a million times easier than my old phone. And I can't believe I, you know, didn't, 
didn't realize that. So she's pretty on the ball too. I mean, she figured out how to listen to my podcasts and watch me on Twitch. So, you know, mm-hmm. she's she's got it. She's Your parents are so out. funny on Twitch. My parents are really sweet on Twitch. They get they are they're very uh, uh excited about me being on Twitch, I think. Yeah. <laughs> very supportive. They're great. Yeah, they're totally great. Um but yeah, so these, you know, these vampires like they didn't know how cameras worked or computers worked or any of that stuff. And so we find out pretty early on in the in the movie that Viago was in love with somebody mm-hmm. and he was going his plan was going to be to turn her into a vampire and so that they could live together for the rest of their days and um she he had fallen in love with her in like the early 1900s yeah and um he got shipped out from his familiar his familiar shipped him out on a boat to go be with her. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a problem because there was like improper shipping. <laughs> oh, and yeah. so like there wasn't enough money. So then it ended up taking him like a lot longer to get there. And by the time he got there, um, she had gotten married to someone else. Yeah. She thought he wasn't coming for her. So he was screwed because he was alone. And then, you know, so was, you know, his familiar was also screwed. So, um, and that was Philip. Yeah. So Philip was a servant, but also he had promised Philip that he was going to turn him into a vampire. So he ends up using the internet to talk to Philip. And he's like, oh, Philip, you're so old. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you look exactly the same, master. And he's like, yeah. So, and he's like, so how'd it go? Are you with Catherine? He's like, uh, no, cause you screwed up. So like, no. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I've been waiting for you to come back. And he's like, yeah, but like you failed. So I wasn't going to come back, you know? And he's like, he's like, I've done nothing with my life. I'm in my nineties and I have nothing to show for it. And he's like, Ooh. <laughs> he's like, oh, you're breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear you anymore. Well, goodbye. And he like closes the computer. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Just like, like he was just like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so he's, he's still trying to figure out, you know, like, well, is there any way to salvage things with Catherine? Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, so so Nick so Nick is trying to adjust to everything. Um and uh Deacon especially doesn't like it. And he doesn't like how careless Nick is. Um and around this time we also see so like Nick isn't doesn't really understand the rules and even when they explain it to him, he seems to not really care. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't tell people we're a vampire and you can't eat human food and you can't, you know, do this or that or whatever. And he's just like, you know, F you, I'll do what I want. Um and then he that's when he ends up just like vomiting blood in the most like gratuitous fashion ever. Just yeah. everywhere. <laughs> um, I do love like a good jokey gratuitous vomiting scene. 
Yeah, because I really have a hard time when people puke in movies. But if it's just like, if it's like, there's clearly a tube. Yeah. And you're just, and it's just spraying out blood. Yeah. I, that's funny to me. Like, that doesn't bother me. I think that's really hilarious. Um, And yeah, it was just because he ate like potatoes, right? Like, because he had just fries or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, whatever, I'll do what I want. Um, <laughs> and a, and there's like somewhere around one of the nightlife scenes, we're also introduced to like, this isn't just vampires don't only exist. There's also werewolves, um, werewolves and witches and goblins mm-hmm. and zombies and all of that stuff. But we, the, the biggest, like, yeah, a group of other beings we meet are werewolves and the main werewolf is Reese Darby and I love him. Uh, so that was exciting for me when I first saw this movie. I was like, oh. um, uh, I hope, I really hope um, they do release that spinoff movie they've been talking about, about Reese Darby and his pack. Just because uh, they're going to call it we're wolves. Like we are wolves <laughs> and <laughs> I love it. Uh, like it's one of my favorite movies, just based on title alone. Like I don't have to see it. We are wolves. Like <laughs> it's just he's such a he's such a great actor. He's so. I I mean his role in Flight of the Concords is so great yeah. because he's just like the worst manager ever. He knows and he's jack all- shit about music. <laughs> Yeah, and he's also not good at his job, his actual job. Yeah, no. So he's just bad at everything, but he also is, like, very enthusiastic about everything, and you're just like, oh, A for effort, because yeah. you just, you care a lot, even though you don't know anything. Re- and it's so sweet. <laughs> his, his delivery, like, my favorite little bit on Flight of the Concords is when, like, they're talking about Fleetwood Mac. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Fleetwood Mac wrote some of their best like music when like there was a lot of like group turmoil and like um, Arch Barker's like rumors and Reese Darby's like, no, all true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. He's so yeah, he's so serious in the best way in that movie. <laughs> Completely. And um, and I've just everything I've ever seen him in, I've just absolutely loved him in, um, including and I was trying to remember, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember what movie it was. Was it Yes Man or was it? Um, I'm like, yeah, he was in Yes Man. So um, he was just like this big nerd in that movie. And he just like had these like big nerd themed parties and stuff. And he was like the friend that Jim Carrey's character like didn't want to get to know. And then when he, you know, challenged himself to say yes to everything, he had to get to know this guy. And it was just, and and it was just so, I don't know, it was very sweet and precious. And of course he's the, he's the best, um, you know, canned character ever in Jumanji. Oh, yes. I, just, I love him in Jumanji. He's so good. If you haven't watched Jumanji, by the way, do yourself Please. a favor <laughs> and go see it. It's it's so much better than I thought it was going to be. And the second one wasn't bad either, honestly. I I wasn't sure how that one was going to be. I was a little worried about, about it. I was like, I don't know. I thought the first one, they did a really good job of um, embracing uh, the mechanics of yeah. Jumanji, but bringing it into a completely new generation. And they did a really good job as someone who really enjoys video games. They did a great job of explaining 
um, how video games work yes. uh, in, in a way that was totally accurate. Mm-hmm. So I, I just loved that. And they're just like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, his enthusiasm was so good there. And, and that they're just like, yeah, he's an NPC. Like, so after a while, once you keep talking to him, he's just gonna, uh, keep saying the same thing over and over again. And it was like that. So, you know, you start over, welcome to Jumanji. And you're like, oh, like, oh, I don't know. That just really warms my heart. I also really love the second one. Like, if anything, watch the second one for Aquafina's like A++ Danny DeVito. Yes, she's very she's a very good Danny DeVito. This is a hundred percent true. Um, yes, and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed watching her and Dwayne Johnson play old people. Yeah. It was very funny. Um, so that is a really good reason to watch it. Um and yeah, so anyway, Reese Darby is great. He is the leader of this werewolf pack. And this is kind of, and I mean, it's interesting because this is like the most, you know, and I hate to use these terms, but it but it is a wolf pack. It's like the most alpha character yeah. <laughs> he's had where he's just like, I'm in charge and this is how things are happening. But there's still that like really sweet, soft Reese yeah. Darby underneath where he doesn't like it when they swear. It's, not swear wolves. It's like if Ned Flanders was a werewolf. Yeah. It was kind of like Reese Darby's role. Yeah, we say, yeah, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. And like um and like making sure that everyone packed like the right kind of pants, you yes. know, so that they wouldn't blow out of their pants, you know. And he's like, well that's completely impractical. Are those brand new pants? Why did you bring brand new pants? What have we been talking about? <laughs> so like he's trying to like usher these men who turn into werewolves uh on how to control themselves and how to change appropriately and he was like very focused on safety and getting them chained appropriately and whatnot. So, um, but there is this uh, rivalry between the vampires and the werewolves where the vampires just think the werewolves smell bad and, you know, they're like kind of barbaric and gross and the werewolves are just kind of, I think they just think that the vampires are out of touch. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, so, so you see them have run-ins with one another um, out and about like during the nightlife uh over time they they run into each other a couple of times um so let's see oh and then oh go ahead yep nick uh gets really careless with yes. who he talks to and it ends pretty tragically um a vampire hunter breaks into their flat and um through this it basically causes um uh, Peter to be exposed by sunlight and he dies. And then um, that ends up uh, Nick and Deacon get into a really bad fight, which alerts the police, which you get like this great scene with Viago hypnotizing them. And they just are walking around in like in this place that's clearly overrun by vampires. And the worst they get is a warning about fire hazards. Yeah. So, well, because yeah, of all the hypnotism and whatnot. So, so yeah, it's so great though. That, that, that part is a really good, um, Mm -hmm. it feels like Simpsons level, like classic Simpsons seasons comedy where that's like, oh my God, look at, would you look at that 
thing that you didn't think yeah. I was looking at. Like lots of good misdirection in that scene. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, look at that that bucket that's full of flammable stuff. Yeah. It's right under this thing. If, if if just one spark, that whole thing's going to go up. And what are you all thinking? Yeah. And you need to be more careful, everyone. And, and they did such a good job that those cops got their own spinoff show. It's only in New Zealand, though. It hasn't come to the States, but it's called Wellington Paranormal. Where they, oh, yeah. That's so great. See, I love New Zealand. I have such an appreciation for what they appreciate. But, Good um, for them. Please, please, please make that show available to the US. I mean, if you know where to look, you can watch it. But please, please, please make it like. Just make a, it easy for all of easy. us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, I would agree. That would be great. I did not know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so they get out, away with that and um, they're able to, you know, hypnotize for long enough. But it was, yeah, it was Viago who did it. And he was, he admitted like, I'm not, you know, kind of rusty. I'm not great at this. So I don't know exactly when this is going to wear off. Yeah. So we got to get them out of here. Uh, so that was, that was kind of one major uh, crisis. And then the next one that comes up is that they all get invited to the unholy masquerade. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, anybody who's in that undead paranormal community comes out and and parties together. But Vladislav, well, and Vladislav at first thinks he's going to be the one who is honored because they said there was going to be a special guest and, they, yeah. you know, they're going to honor them. And he was like, kind of like, well, I have it on good authority that like, it's going to be me this year. So I'm pretty excited. Mm -hmm. And then he finds out that it's actually the beast that yeah. is going to get he honored. He spirals in. hard after that. Yeah. He ages like 300 years in a day. And, um, <laughs> And, you know, they're like, come on, you got to like, you know, get get up to it. Like, we got to go. We got to party. And he's just like, I don't feel like it. And then we get the full story. Um, and we find out that the beast is his ex, <laughs> his ex-girlfriend, Pauline. And, um, and, you know, then you start to see. And, oh, one thing I didn't mention, I really love like all the historical like you know, video footage and the photos and the paintings and things that they show throughout the documentary because yeah. they really did a good job making them look real. Um, and so then you start to see pictures of her, you know, and you just kind of, it's like, oh, really? It's that? Like you're 800 years old and <laughs> you're upset about an ex-girlfriend? Yeah. Oh. That's mature. Um, <laughs> Who we find out does not like to be called the Beast. Well, no. Of course she doesn't like to be called the Beast. And it's just uh, a him thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, of course. I mean, just like, well, I mean, I get it because I do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it makes sense. But she's, like, really not that terrible. No. Um, they obviously just had, like, a toxic relationship. And she's got a new boyfriend. Um, Julian. Mm -hmm. And she's like showing him off at the party or whatever. And everything's going okay. And everybody is like there and blending and whatnot because Stu ends up coming along. Yeah. For dumb reasons. I don't know why they brought him, but they're like, well, let's just break Stu. Um, and, um, 
also the camera crew is obviously there. And um, at the beginning of the documentary, we find out that they're going to be protected. uh, And they're wearing like, you know, crucifixes and stuff to... And also they had been promised by the vampires that they were filming, that they weren't going to be harmed. Um, And they honor that throughout the movie. But now they're going into a new environment with all of these other creatures that have not made that promise. And Stu's like trying to keep a low profile and just hang out. And he likes, at one point he sits next to a zombie and the zombie starts to like sniff him and get really close. And he's like lunging in. And as soon as he does, Stu gets up like oblivious, goes somewhere else. Um, I loved that part too. Uh, But yeah, so really the problem starts because like, and more attention is drawn to the issue because uh, Vladislav is like picking a fight with Pauline and, and then she sees that she's like, wait a minute, did you bring humans here? Like, you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, why would you? That's a bad idea. Um, so then everyone kind of has to make a run for it. Mm-hmm. Like the whole group has to run out and, uh, Stu uh, is secretly a badass, and he he like stabs uh, Julian. He like impales him on a flagpole, and then they all they all run away. But that this is when they run into the werewolves for the second time. Yes, and, and then it gets a little serious. Yeah, like they're trying to chain themselves up before the full moon comes out, uh, but they don't all make it in time. And one of them attacks one of the cameramen and he and he ends up getting like ripped to shreds. And then Stu also gets attacked. And it seems like from what they could see that he also died because it was like pretty brutal and they couldn't imagine, you know, him coming on the other side of that. So they're, you know, so they're all upset about that. They're kind of beside themselves. Like they loved Stu and, you know, they screwed up and kind of got careless as a group really and um, allowed him to get attacked. Um, But then (laughs) Uh, we get a surprise from Nick. Oh yeah. And then wait, at some point Nick gets kicked out, right? Yeah. Nick got kicked out of the, after the Peter thing. So he like around the party and everything, he had been banished. And then um, he comes back and when he comes back, he comes bringing, he comes back with Stu and then that basically gets him back in the fold. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, Oh, and then also, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So they get to the party and Nick is already there and Nick brought Stu and he also brought Jackie. That's an important thing we yes. forgot. So Jackie, his familiar uh, or Deacon's familiar, got turned into a vampire by Nick. Mm-hmm. So now Deacon loses his like, you know, task rabbit. <laughs> Yep. And he's like, crap. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So like, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a vampire now. So like I get to do what I want. So like, isn't that cool? And he's like, Ugh, great. You know, whatever. Um, But yeah, so, so really like Nick, you know, kind of screwed up and the group also screwed up by just kind of, well, like Vladislav let his emotions run rampant and just all heck, all heck broke loose. Yes. Um. 
But then we find out later that Nick ended up finding Stu and um, and he has like these big scars on his face and stuff, but he's he survived the attack and got turned into a werewolf. Um, and he kind of invites the werewolves over. And and of course, it's Stu who is like the one who brings helps. everyone together. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's you know? really sweet. And, uh, and you know, the, the vampires Catherine. are still kind of. Yes, yes. It's such a good ending that he's with her. And, and you know, I my favorite part is when he's like, oh, the age difference. You know, that's something that really <laughs> bothers people. But, you know, like, I don't care. Like, uh, you know, I think she likes dating an older man. And, like, I don't mind yeah, that I'm robbing so the cradle. Cute. It's so cute. Yeah, she's 96 and he's, like, you know, 300 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, yeah, you know, like it's like it's cool that she likes dating an older man, you know, and there and she's just like, you know, I feel so young and, you know, they're just they're super, super sweet. Um, and then, oh, yeah, uh, Vladislav got back with Pauline mm-hmm. and uh, and then Jackie uh, makes her husband her familiar. So she's like, so then she's like, listen, so I know we're married and whatever, but like now I own you. So this is what you have to do for Good me. For her. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think she's still kind of a little strange, but yeah. Uh, but good for her getting what she finally wants, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's really the whole movie. Now, I'm guessing you've watched the TV show, right? I am obsessed with the TV show and I have a confession. It was actually a little hard for me uh, to get into the movie, this movie on the rewatch, just because like I had watched, um, I had been caught up on the TV show and I had been like so caught up in like the world of the TV show that I don't know. It was just hard to get my brain back into the world of the movie. That's interesting. Yeah. I um so I haven't watched it yet because I'm waiting to watch it with my boyfriend. Okay. And but I was like, you gotta watch this movie first. Like, we gotta watch this and then we'll watch the TV show. Oh yes. Um yeah. the TV show like it borrows, of course it like borrows a lot of beats because it's the same universe. But um the roommate situation, everything, it's not a carbon copy of the roommate situation in the movie at all. Right. Yeah, and that's what I like about about what they did. Like, I like that they um, took the idea but did something different with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if otherwise, if you just kind of, I don't know, go on the same territory all the time, that's that's boring. So yeah. I, I've heard so many good things about the show, and I'm very excited to start watching it. And like I said, we just finished Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Um, he doesn't like to watch too many shows at the same time either. Yeah. So I always have to be careful with that. Um, we're we're making our way through Arrested Development, and he loves Arrested Development, which yeah. is such a compliment because um, that's another one of those where I'm like, you know, I, I was one of I was one of the people who watched it when it came out. Too. Yep. <laughs> one of one of the few because uh, it didn't make it. You yeah. know, and so and I I was like, yeah, like. It's one of those tragedies where the the TV shows that I love just like don't make it, yeah. and um, it's 
it's vindicating that they got, you know, a, an additional season. Mm-hmm. It's vindicating that people love the show so much now. Like, that's very cool. And it's exciting to watch a show like that. That's so, like, it was so ahead of its time. Yeah. And so, and so strange. But now there's so many shows that feel like Arrested Development. You're, and, yeah. Yeah. So he, he, totally in love with that show and he'll he like quotes it and he he's not a quoter he doesn't quote things Mm -hmm. so so and it's just little stuff where he'll just you know he'll come down and be like he'll be like hey brother (laughs) (laughs) or be like come on you know and I'm like ah like that makes me feel really good to to have him say that stuff is is very sweet so um but I what we do in the shadows the tv show is definitely on my like list yes. of series I want to watch with him coming up. And we should follow up because I was going to talk of discuss the show a little bit, but I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't yet. Well, and I was going to watch it without him. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just wait because. It's definitely a show to watch with another person just to like. Yeah. It's good for the energy. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt like. And I was like, you know what? If he likes this movie. I'll watch it with him. If he doesn't like the movie, I'll just watch the show alone. You know, it's short enough that I can, I can, you know, burn through it uh, with without him. But I'm excited for to enjoy it with him because yes. I I know it's going to be his kind of a thing. Like, there's a few of those shows where I'm like, I know that once we watch this, you're going to like it. Like, um, I haven't watched all of Shit's Creek. I stopped watching, um, maybe like four seasons in or something. Not because I didn't like it, just because. I don't know. It was in between seasons and then other stuff came up. It wasn't like, yeah, whatever. Um, I actually started watching it in Canada um, and I was like, the show is amazing. Like I was in Canada for a week and I had access to like Canadian Netflix Ooh. and I was like, the show is incredible. And it was like before anybody in the U.S. had watched it, not to brag, uh, but it's true. Um, and I like watched like the first two seasons and I was like, this show is amazing. And like, these are people I absolutely love and adore, you know from Christopher Guest movies and like, I can't believe this. And, um, and then everybody started talking about it here and I was like, Oh crap. (laughs) Like I got to finish it. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's another one where I'm like, I know he'll like it. So we just have to get to it. Um, and then I, it's kind of a stretch, but I really do want to try happy endings with him and see how he feels about it. Cause I just think that's one of the most underrated shows to ever exist. Yes. Yeah. And <sighs> aren't we aren't we sad? And I Better Off Ted is another fringe one that I would like to watch with him at some point. I mean, that's really short, two seasons, but mm-hmm. it was such a good show. Uh, did you ever watch Better Off Ted? No, but I wanted to, and I just never got to it. Oh, I really loved that show. I was like, this show is so smart and it's so funny. And like, and it was cool because it was like there, there's like those absurdist elements that Arrested Development had, and it was cool because Portia de Rossi was in it, and I was like, "That's awesome!" It is still on Hulu. Just saying. Um, okay. <laughs> and it's a very, it's a very short show. I, if I remember correctly, it's one of those where you really, it, it was like the riches where you were like, "Oh, you left me hanging," like mm-hmm. you know, because it was only two seasons and it was not intended to only be two seasons, but, um. But it's still it's still just a great show. And I think it has a lot of resonance today because it's about like 
a corporation that's definitely evil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, just taking control of every part of our lives. (laughs) So that's um, relevant. Yes. (laughs) Where you're like, oh, they have their hands in literally everything. And uh, they do things that uh, cause harm to people. And, um, you know, but you get to see like the good people and the bad people who work there and stuff. So anyway, my recommendation for everyone is go watch Better Off Ted. (laughs) Because I can't talk about what we do in the shadows yet. It's okay. I'm sorry. Um, But next week we will be watching Behind the Mask. Yes. And I haven't watched Behind the Mask. So, yeah. So I'm excited because uh, I don't know what to expect at all. It has a lot. It hits a lot of um, beats that uh, Cabin in the Woods kind of perfected Hmm. so that's all i'll say that's exciting that's a good that is a a good note that gets me interested enticing you a little bit really loved kevin in the woods everybody knows that um (laughs) very cool well yeah so that's what we'll do next and we've got a few other themes planned for coming up so stay tuned and uh i hope everybody's Staying healthy, taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. and hydrating, and um, planning to vote, yes. and <laughs> um, appreciating our uh, sports teams for the support that they're showing in combating systemic racism. Yes. Good for them. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, bye. Bye. Bye.